Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. So before we jump into the topic, I want to give you a few scenarios to think about this morning. Okay? I want you to use your imaginations this morning. Can you do that? So I'm going to read some scenarios real quick. And I want you just to kind of think about what you would do. You don't have to answer it. Please, please don't answer it. Just in your own mind, do it. Picture you're at the store, grocery store, stop and shop. You're not using self-checkout, but you're in line. And the guy in front of you is short $5. And it's very obvious that he's short $5. He's saying, oh my goodness, I'm short $5. Okay, you know he's short $5. And the line's getting held up and you're like in a rush to go. How about this one? You're at a red light. Okay, maybe over by DJ's Wings where they're doing all that annoying road work for the last eight years, right? Where it just never, I'm like, what is this, what are we doing here? It's just like, it's like Groundhog Day. It's continually over and over and over again. Nothing changes at all, except the traffic is, just gets worse. But you're at that red light there at DJ's, and, and, and there's a, um, you, you kind of, out of the corner, you, you see someone standing there with a sign um, that says, we'll take anything or whatever. Let's say you're at a family get-together. And that one family member that is constantly causing problems for themselves, okay, they're, they're, they, they, they're always, you know, job to job, this to that, whatever, always, you know, needy and they're needing things. And that one family that's always causing problems and drama for themselves and they can't hold a job down and they're sitting next to you complaining about their new boss, their eighth boss in like eight weeks, okay? What would you do? Your coworker, another scenario, your coworker that you can barely tolerate, you can barely tolerate. You need the grace of Jesus every moment you're around this coworker. You know who I'm talking about. Okay? Your coworker that you can barely tolerate needs a ride home. And you know, they're just asking the room, hey, I need a ride home. And you know that their house is on your way home. Okay? Your kid won't stop talking to you when you're tired from a long day's work. You find out about someone in your life that has a serious financial need. I have been in all these situations, or ones similar to these. And unfortunately, in those circumstances, I have not always acted in a way that Jesus Christ would act. We're talking today about next-level compassion. Next-level compassion. I want us today, we're going to read the scriptures and. And I have, they're going to be on the screen. Um, if you have your Bible, it's going to be Luke chapter 10. Um, if you have bad eyesight, it might be a little small on the screen today because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to split this, and I didn't. And now I'm looking at it on my phone. I'm like, this is probably going to be really small. So if you have eyesight like me, you'll be fine. Okay, these glasses are pretty much fake, so these, I don't even need these. I just like the way they look. Um, see, that's honesty. We're doing next level honesty next week, all right? Um, no, yeah, that's a whole other story. I'll tell that during the next level honesty week. That's not a little do. But um, Luke chapter 10, but next level compassion, I want us to be honest with ourselves today. It's really easy in church. Isn't it amazing that in church, it's the easiest place to, to be kind of dishonest about ourselves? It's the easiest place when you hear a message, like patience last week, you know, like, and it's easy, it's natural in us to be like, well, I'm glad that I'm a patient person. As you're like looking at your watch, like, is he almost done? Though? You know, like, or, or you hear something about compassion, you're like, well, I'm a pretty compassionate person. 
before I even get to any of the meat of the message. I'm a pretty, I, I love people. I'm pretty nice to people. I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, that one time that the Lord's reminding me of that I wasn't, that was different. That was a different, we, we're so, it's so easy to be kind of overly gracious with ourselves at church. So I'm asking you to be brutally honest with yourself this morning. Can you do that? Can, and I'll do the same. Let's just be brutally honest with ourselves and be willing to admit our own weaknesses and flaws. That's the, that's the most, listen, we're all broken by the sin of this world. We're all broken. And that's okay, because it is Jesus who puts things back together and who gives grace. So let's read the scriptures. Luke chapter 10. It's pretty small, right? Okay, some of you can read that. If not, you use your phone. Okay, you can, I'll let you use your phone. Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read it. If you, can't, if you don't feel like looking it up, I will read it. You can listen along. Verse 25 of Luke chapter 10 says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus is here in the public square, and this lawyer, not the lawyer that we think of today, but more like a, a scholar of, um, of uh, Bible back then, the Old Testament. So this is just someone who really knew the Old Testament laws, things like that. They come to Jesus and tempted him, or they're trying to kind of catch him in a lie, or trying to catch him in his words, and trying to trick him with his words. And they said, How, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26, Jesus said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? Which is a great question from Jesus because this lawyer already thinks, this, this Bible scholar already thinks he knows everything. So Jesus comes back and says, well, what is written in the law? Knowing full well that this lawyer is going to have the answer. This lawyer is probably offended that he even questioned, like, how, you even asked? How, you don't even think I know already? My goodness, what is he saying? Verse 27, the lawyer answers, says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. This is taken from Deuteronomy, the Old Testament law. Verse 28, and he said unto him, Jesus says back to him, thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. Verse 28, uh, verse 29, but he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, because now he feels kind of dumb. He's like, oh, like I was trying to trick him, but he kind of said I was right. And he says, he's trying to kind of make it better. Who is, well, Jesus, who is my neighbor? You know, well, who's my neighbor then? If we're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves, who is my neighbor then? Verse 30, Jesus answers with a story. We'll read the first few verses here. Jesus answering said, a certain man, by the way, let's pause, a certain man means this actually happened. This is a real true story. This isn't just like a made-up parable. Sometimes Jesus gave parables. This one says a certain man. This is a true story. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. This path from um, Jerusalem to Jericho, it is well known even still today in, in Israel, a very dangerous road. Um, whether just the terrain, yes, but also at that time, very dangerous with robbers and thieves and things like that. And we will see why in just a moment. He went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, took his clothes, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Obviously a dangerous road. Verse 31, by chance, there came down a certain priest that way, a religious man. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I don't want to deal with this. 32. Likewise, a Levite, another religious person, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, went over and looked at this half-dead guy in the gutter, and passed by on the other side. So here's the Levite, 
Here's the priest, sees someone in need, someone, um, you know, half dead, and they pass by the other side. There's a lot of apathy you see there. They just, they don't really care. They, they're, oh my goodness. And so let's go over these scenarios again. You're at the store, the person in front of you is short $5. You know you have $5 in your wallet. But you don't really want to get involved, and you just say, well, okay. And you're just kind of like, well, just put back the, the cookies. You know, you don't need the cookies. Just put the cookies back. And you're just like, Ugh. and you just kind of let this awkward situation for this poor guy just fold out. He puts some stuff back. You go about your day. You leave. You're at the red light. The homeless person is standing next to you with a sign, and you just do your dead level best to just keep your eyes straight. Please turn green. Please turn green. Please turn green. Or, or, or even worse, well, they, I wonder what they did to got themselves in that position. Well, the, obviously, hey, you know what? There's jobs out there that you can get. Oh, my goodness, you know. Well, you know, my goodness, they probably got an alcohol problem. And da, 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 God help us. But we act that way. We think those things sometimes. Or maybe we don't think those things that bad. But we just say, I just don't. Green light, zzz, and we're out of there, man. You have that family get together, and that one family member is just jawing on and on about their new boss. And you're finally like, Hey, you know what? Maybe you would have liked the first boss like seven jobs ago, and you just kind of, oop, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Or maybe you're just like, this guy's an idiot. I can't believe this. If they just, if they just actually work, and you're just, there's zero patience. There's just no compassion. Maybe your coworker that needs a ride that you don't really like, and you just get up, finish your snack, and go back to work. They'll figure it out. It doesn't have to be me. Your kid won't stop talking to you when you're tired from a long day's work. So either you just, just ignore, or maybe, God forbid, you snap at them and say, hey, come on, I need some time right now. I need some time right now. You find about someone in your life that has a financial need and you just don't really let them know that you know they have a financial need. What doesn't know can't hurt them. Why don't we care? Why don't we act in compassion? Why don't I love my neighbor like I love myself? Like Christ commands me to. Why don't we? And the answer is... Simply selfishness. It's selfishness. We can try to use every other excuse. We can try to use every other reason. We really can. We're very good lawyers. We really are. All of us should go into law because we can really defend ourselves well. When we don't show compassion to the people we come into contact with, we are choosing to not let Christ live through us. Ouch, that hurts. Can I say that again? When we don't show compassion to the people we come into contact with, no matter how annoying they are, no matter how frustrating they are, no matter, no matter what, we're choosing to not let Christ live through us. You see, the problem is I am that Levite. I am that priest, oftentimes, choosing myself, crossing the street, to get away from the problem. I got things to do, though. I got things to do. I got, I got, I got bills to pay. I got bills to pay, too. I got, I got, I got issues with this person. Man, they, they've done a lot. They've kind of burned me out on helping them ever again. I just don't have the time to do it. Selfishness can show itself as busyness. Selfishness can show itself as greed. Selfishness can show itself as impatience, which we talked about last week. Selfishness comes when we think that we are more important than we actually are. Okay, this is not a message. I'm not trying to be self-deprecating this morning. You're a loser. I'm not saying that. I understand that in the sight of God, 
We are loved, we are valuable. I'm not saying that you're not. What I'm saying is selfishness comes when we think that we are more important than we actually are. That's why we ignore the customer in front of us. And think about all the reasons why they should have been better prepared when they got here. They should have been more careful what they picked from the shelves. It, it, that, that, that's why sometimes we just miss it. We don't even see the needs. See, we, we, it's not that we ignore the homeless guy on the side of the road. We just don't even really notice him. That, that's just as bad. We've gotten so callous with our compassion. That's why we don't make eye contact with him. We, we act like he's not even a real person. I don't have to, if I don't have to make eye contact with him, what, the Bible says, my eye affecteth my heart, right? So we say, I'm not even going to look his direction. I'm going to pretend that he's not even standing there. Can you just think about how awful that is for a minute? How anti-Christ that is. And I've done it. I have been there. We are thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. To think, because if we were really thinking about it with the mind of Christ, which we're supposed to, Philippians 2 tells us to, we would have a desire to help, to listen, to encourage, to love. And you will more than likely daily, church, daily, every day of your life, you will daily be faced with this choice. Where the Spirit says love, however it is, whether it's by giving something or listening or helping or whatever, the Spirit says love and the flesh says leave. The Spirit says love and help and give, and the flesh says leave, ignore, forget. Compassion makes a difference. The Scriptures say in Jude 22, and of some having compassion, making a difference. Compassion makes the difference. Compassion shows Jesus in us, and also compassion just isn't natural for us. It just isn't natural for us. It wasn't for the disciples the actual followers, physical followers of Jesus Christ that, that walked the earth with him, it wasn't natural for them. Who was it that tried to shoo the children away when they were trying to, you know, play with Jesus and talk to Jesus and Jesus? They were the ones like, oh, come on, leave him alone, leave him alone. Who was it that tried to send the 5,000 people home for lunch? We don't have the money to feed them. They need to go home. We're hungry too. Who, who, who argued about who was the favorite? The disciples. Which one was the greatest? Compassion just isn't natural for us. The disciples did that. That's who we are. We can look at the stories in the Gospels and look at the disciples and say, that's me, so often. But the story that we started with, with the priest and the Levite crossing the street, ignoring the needy man on the side of the road dying, it continues in Luke chapter 10, verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, pause, Hold, hold on for just a minute. Samaritans, these are the, for lack of a better term, were called kind of the, the half-breeds in Jewish culture. They were half-Jewish, half-Samaritans. This goes back in, in history where the Samaritan people, the people from Samaria, had gone in and, and, and destroyed the temple, and, and the Jewish people hated Samaritans. They were like dogs to them. They treated them... You talk about racial tension. Oh, this is it. Samaritans and Jews just don't connect. They don't talk. I mean, they don't. They sure don't help each other. If anybody, if anybody was going to cross the street, it would be the Samaritan. Samaritan most of the time would probably just kick dirt on the half dead guy. But we don't see that in this passage. We see that a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him. 
he had, what's the word? Compassion. Compassion on him. Went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. The Samaritan, the lowlifes in Jewish culture, the, the outcasts, he helped. And the scriptures say, as he journeyed, came where he was. This guy was on his own journey, wasn't he? He was headed somewhere. He didn't go to find this half-dead Jewish man. He was obviously had a destination in mind. But what happened as he journeyed, he came where this man was, on his own journey, with his own plans, headed his own direction, saw him and had compassion on him. His eyes were open. He had the eyes of Christ. He went to him, had compassion on him. And it says, he says he went to him, he took action. He didn't just cross the street. He bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and all these other things that he did gave him. He let him ride on his horse or on his camel. He brought him to the inn. He took care of him at this inn. He, the next day, gave the owner extra money to, to let him stay as long as he needed. And if he stays any longer than what I've paid you, I'll come back and give you more. He went above and beyond. His compassion drove him to action. And we don't even want to put a quarter in those little coin sleeves on the counter at the service desk at Stop Drop. You know those things? They still have those little quarter sleeves. You slide the quarters in. We don't even want to do that. We don't want to put anything in the tip jar. We, we get American culture, as Christians, we've gotten so greedy without even realizing it. We just have. I've gotten so, we're so naturally greedy. We just are. It would do us well to take a missions trip to a third world country. It would. It just would. We, we couldn't possibly fathom taking 20 minutes to go and grab lunch for the homeless man on the corner and bring it back to him and have a conversation with him. We just can't. I got too much to do. I got too much going on. It's not our problem that the guy forgot his wallet. You know, hey. We... Good intentions didn't tell the story of the Good Samaritan. Christ's love told the story. That's what it is. And church, you've got to realize you're in a war. You are in a war daily. And ignore the war of, of choosing the spirit and choosing compassion or choosing selfishness and letting our flesh rule. We're in that daily war all the time. And ignoring that the war, ignoring the war doesn't excuse you from fighting in it. Ignoring the need doesn't make it go away. Ignoring the problem doesn't justify you not being the solution. We must be people of compassion. We must be people of care. We must be people of love. We must be people that fill needs. And yes, number one, spiritually helping others. My goodness, yes, giving out the gospel, sharing our story, sharing our testimony, being genuine with people, being real with people, letting our hair down, not hiding our flaws and weaknesses in our story, but being real and saying, God has changed my life. I used to be this, and now I'm this because of Jesus. We're supposed to, yes, number one, spiritually help others, help them find eternal life in Jesus Christ. But beyond that... Living for others. And Paul said it plainly in his letter to the church of Philippi, Philippians 2.4. He says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And by the way, can we just, I'm going to just say this too. He doesn't say don't look on your own things at all, does he? 
He says, no, no, look at every man on his own things, but every man also on things of others. Yes, we're not supposed to not take care of ourselves or not take care of our family so we can do everything. I'm not saying that. Love thy neighbor as thyself. We must find balance, yes. But the truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, we're all very imbalanced when it comes to compassion and giving. We need to live for others. You will be faced with situations, I bet this week, maybe even today, where you'll either choose to show the love of Christ or live for yourself or live for myself. It's important to remember that because if you have that thought on your mind that I'm going to face these situations this week at my job, at the grocery store, at the gas station, wherever, whenever, I'm going to be in a situation like that this week. Maybe even today, where I have to choose between loving others and love, with the love of Christ or living for myself. If you have that thought on the forefront of your mind, that you're in a war, that people are in need, that God can use you to fill that need, you're not going to miss it. So love others. So love others. Listen, church, we're on our way as a church to big things. We're on our way to big things. God is doing something in Coastline. He's going to use Coastline in a huge way. He's already blessed us and used us. And I believe that the future is bright. I have vision for what God's going to do through our church and our community. But if we don't show the love of Christ to others in our personal lives, individually, what makes us think we'll do it as a church? Right? If we're not doing it by ourselves, loving others in our personal, individual lives, then what makes us think that somehow corporately we're just going to make this big splash for Jesus? No. You need to help others. I need to help others. So you're at the store, and the guy in front of you is short $5. And it's awkward. You know what you can do? You can pull out your wallet or you can, maybe it's, you can figure out a way. Hey, let me take care of that. And they'll probably be like, oh, no, no, it's okay. Say, no, 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 let me do it, please. I want to I be helped here. And they may not let you, and that's different. But you can try. There, I've been in situations where I've been able, I have an opportunity to do that. And you don't know, like, it's such a blessing. And it's not even like, hey, now that I paid for your groceries, you need to come to my church. <laughs> right, no. I, I, if, if it gets brought up, Sure. If I have a tra- but oftentimes, I'm just going to, how about I just love people to love people because that's what Christ commanded me to do. Sure, I may have done that, but there have been many other times that I didn't do that. Maybe you're at the red light and the, the homeless person is standing next to you. By the way, the one overrun by DJs is named Jose. He's a good guy. I don't know his story. I'd love to know it. I'd love, I have not had the opportunity to grab him and pick him up for lunch. We, we tried to bring Thanksgiving dinner once, remember that? But he probably, probably had gotten picked up and brought somewhere for dinner, which is great. But I don't always have money to give Jose. And by the way, I know, we can, well, what if he uses it for booze? You know what? That's not up to you. We can make those assumptions. We can make those, well, I feel like I'm just feeding into an addiction. We don't, we just don't know. We just don't know. If he goes out and buys a nip with it, uh, you know, I can't, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But I do know that if this Holy Spirit says, give that guy that $3 in your glove box, then I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to give him a coffee. I'm going to get him a, a donut if, when I can. There have been many times I don't have any cash. But you know what I always, always, always try to do? Roll my window down and talk to him. Because he's alone. He's, he is created in the image of God just like you. 
I don't know why he's out there. I don't know why he feels the need to be out there. I don't. I just, I don't know. I don't, and honestly, whatever brought him to that, to that spot in life, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to just try to love the guy. I, in the whole, we're on Taylor Street in Holyoke, and we, we were there on, before we moved out here, and there was a, an old man with a hunchback, very old man. My kids would probably remember his name. I can't remember right now off the top of my head. What is it? Tony. Thank you, Alex. Tony would always stand right in the corner. We'd pull out of our street on, in Holyoke with all the kids, probably on the way to a meeting to try to get support to come out and start Coastline. And we'd pull up that one way, and at the end was always Tony. And we knew Tony so well. We, brought, we gave Tony lots of cash. We gave, Tony, we gave him Dunkin' cards. My kids knew him. My kids would roll the windows down. Hey, Tony, we'd pull over, you know, pull into the parking lot next to him and talk to Tony. Because you know what? Tony needed the love of Jesus in his life. Jose needs the love of Jesus in his life. You're at that family get-together. This one's harder than the homeless guy one, I think. And that family member that's always causing problems, drama for themselves, can't hold a job down, sitting next to you, complaining about their new boss. Just listen. Just listen. Just be gracious. Just have compassion. We can't fix everybody, can we? But we can love everybody. We can't fix everybody's problems. We don't know everything, by the way. We can love people. We can listen. Man, that stinks. Man, he sounds like a real pain. You'll probably like the next one. <laughs> Don't say that. You're, you're a coworker that needs a ride home. Just, you don't know the impact you can have on someone's life. The enemy is at work, too. God's gonna, we're going to have a situation where we have to make a choice. The enemy is, is don't, don't give that guy a ride. Oh, my goodness, he's such a pain. Oh, my goodness. And you have no idea. You may get in the car with that. You may say, you know, hey, I'll bring you home. Come on, I'll bring you home. You may even be a little hesitant about it. I'll bring you home. And then you're driving home, and you start talking, and you realize that this person doesn't have really any friends. And they're lonely. And they're going through stuff in their lives. And you're able to help them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You just don't know. Your children won't stop maybe pestering you a little bit. When you get home from a long, tired day's work, in those moments, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. And I'll tell you, gratefulness always crushes discontentment. Gratefulness always crushes those things. And in your own heart, say, thank you, Jesus, for my children. And then talk to them. You find out about a, someone in your life that has a financial need. And maybe you can't help financially. Maybe you're financially struggling. And you can't help financially. I get that. You can still listen and pray and talk to people and say, hey, I really wish I could help. And if I, if I come into, I, I'm going to help you. But right now I can't. But I'm going to see what I can do. But I'm going to pray for you. And keep me posted on that need. Even that goes such a long way. And it shows compassion. The devil has so many Christians fooled. We live life thinking that if we, if we, if we give, if we give to this person, if we give to this homeless guy, if we give to this family member, whatever, that we're going to get burned and they're not going to be grateful and I'm going to be broke and blah, 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 blah. And I'm telling you, if you, true, if you show true Christ-like compassion with no strings attached, no thanks needed, imagine that we, we give somebody, we give something like, well, they didn't say thank you. Well, they didn't, da, da, da. Well, when I saw them the next time, they didn't bring it up, huh? What are we doing? What are we really doing? No, we're not really giving with the heart of Christ. We, we have to have, no. No strings attached, no thanks needed, all for Jesus. Uh, I, I, yes, I'm giving to you, but really I'm serving Jesus by giving to you. So even if you never are thankful, even if you never show gratefulness, even if you waste it, God is still pleased. God is still pleased. You will be blessed. You will be blessed. I'm not saying that 
you're going to get double what you gave. Some people can say that. If you sow this seed, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying you'll be blessed in your heart. And maybe God will provide. I'll tell you, the times that we've had someone living with us, and in Michigan, as youth pastors, we had young people that had to live with us. They were kicked out of their homes, or the police removed them from homes and things like that. And, and we had kids living with us, and we did not have much money at all. We weren't getting paid that much from the church in Michigan at all. And we had our own children, and we had our own needs. And But every time we had someone living with us, and, and they didn't have any money to give, and we took care of them, I felt like we were always in the best financial state of our lives. God just took care of us. He just takes care of us. It's not natural to live this way, to be just giving in such an overly gracious way, in a loving way, just kind of whatever. Man, God, I'm just going to give, 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 give. You're going to take care of me. It's not natural for us, but the more you train that spiritual muscle, the more natural it will become. We are on this earth to bring glory to God. Amen? We bring glory to God. How? Many ways, but by sharing the love of Jesus with others. We're the body of Christ, the Bible says. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're called to be the touch of his hand, the sound of his voice. We're his feet. Listen, are we living that way? It's not about your strength and abilities, by the way. I'm just a nice person. No, no, no. We live a life of compassion only through the grace of Jesus Christ. His grace, the grace of Jesus, gives us the ability, the wherewithal, to truly love others and make a difference in their lives. It's not about me making a difference in your life or in someone else's life. It's about the grace of Christ through me, God using me as a tool in the hand of God to help somebody else. To not care is to not love. To not love is to not rest in the grace of Jesus. Some of you are trying to fill empty parts of your life with frivolous things, with self-gratifying things. This world is broken. We're faced with difficulties. We're faced with trials. We're affected by the sin of the world. And many of you do feel, have some empty parts of you. You feel empty in some areas. And you try to fill it with maybe money or friendships or this or that or whatever, or stuff. Things that you think will satisfy you and gratify you. But if you make the choice, listen church, if you make the choice by the grace of God to serve others, to live for others and love others, I believe that God will fill that emptiness that you feel. He will fill that emptiness in your soul with the peace and joy found in letting Christ live in you. Stop trying to fill that emptiness with everything else and start just living for other people. That's what we're called to do. Let people see Jesus in you. So for next level living, you can't, we can't continue to let apathy, which is a form of pride, not caring, Lead the way. we got to fight against that apathy. It's natural for so many of us, including myself. Every thought, every desire, every action, we must fight against those thoughts of apathy. We need to let the love of Christ rule in my spirit, in your spirit. If you intentionally ask yourself this question, is this choice showing the love of Jesus? Ask yourself that in your decisions. Is this choice showing the love of Jesus? You'll know the answer to the question. The Spirit will give it to you. Don't, don't minimize your sin. May we not minimize our sins and ignore the problems and, and not think that we need to hear this. Let's not be blind to the needs around us. Let's not be blind to our blindness and not even be willing to admit that we just haven't been looking with the eyes of Christ. 
Let the words of Jesus at the end of this parable go with you today. Jesus says to the lawyer, Which now of these three, the priest, the Levite, the Samaritan, thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And the lawyer says, Well, he that showed mercy on Then said Jesus unto him, And this is for you, church. Go and do thou likewise. Go and do the same thing. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.